five years ago, uh, we, we started a life-giving church. So do me a favor, raise your hand if you were at a intrasocial, intrasocial or startup party. Put it up high, put it up high, right? Look at all that. You, they're still here, you know, like, all right. Raise your hand if you were here on, on day one, day one of this launch, day one. Day one of this launch. Come on, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, raise your hand. If, so that was day one. Raise your hand if you're here year one. Year one, you showed up, all right? Year one. All right, all right. how about year two? Year two, you showed up. Year two, look at that. What, what pandemic, right? You know, year two, all right? Year three, year three. Year three, right? Year four, year four, year four. All right, who showed up this year? Come on, year five, year five. My goodness, online, make sure you type in, man, what, what year you showed up, when you showed up. And uh, I'm so grateful because God has put us together. God has put us together for a mission, and that is, uh, man, to love our city. And so, and real quick, uh, we did intro socials five years ago at the Cuppa Coffee Shop. And so, um, I, don't, I don't have a clicker, so boom. We're getting a new one, don't worry, all right? And so, look at that. There's Pastor Lindsay and I at the, uh, at the coffee shop going, we're, we're, we're starting a church. And people are like, where is it? Where is it at? And I'd be like, I don't know, it's somewhere, you know. Southwest, southwest part of town. Uh, where's the church going to be? Southwest part of town, but like, what's the address? I'm like, we don't, we don't have a building yet, but it's in the southwest part of town. And, 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 and can I just say, um, right? Can I just say, we, we, we look better in Jesus' name. We look better. Especially Pastor Lindsay, come on, somebody. Taste and see the Lord. All right. And so, uh, uh, somebody told me, uh, you look younger. I said, well, yeah. Loving people can be hard sometimes. Can I get an amen? You know, and then here's our next picture is uh, right here. This is day one of this building right here. Day one. I want you to know this tiny stage, no pipe and drape. Look at this here. This is our attempt to keep the sun from coming in. I mean, if you were in the direction of the sun, I mean, you felt like you're going to hell. I mean, it was like... It was just hot and all that. And, and so uh, this is our property, our building. And we've been here five years. We love our partnership with Opportunity Village. And, uh, and they've just allowed us to do so much. Yes, we set up and tear down, but a lot of this stays. And so we are so grateful uh, for our church. And, and I love that on day one, on day one, I got up here, and I remember I was even troubleshooting kids check-in. And uh, you, want, you want to know what it's like to be a church planner? Run a marathon and then get up and speak. All right, you're like, you're like give me a second, you know. And on day one, uh, opened up to John chapter 14 on day one. I said, church, you know, people, about uh, 300 people. And, and, and I, you know, I have my Bible, my podium. And maybe you bring that back, like the podium, like Jesus, you know, laying on it, you know. And, and uh and I said, turn to John chapter 14. It's in the Gospels. Now, remember, I was just running around like a chicken with his head cut off. It's day one. It's, I mean, it's every little dumb thing that you have to try to figure out that you don't think of on day one. And I run up here. And I go, John chapter 14. Now, remember, there's people in the audience that don't know who I am. There's people in the audience that don't really trust me yet. It's like, who's this guy, you know? And I go, turn your Bibles to John 14. It's the, it's a, and the book of John is located in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark. It just had a brain fart. Like, have you ever remember like 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 your kid? Like like what's your kid's name? My kid's name is uh, uh, uh. and that's what I felt like. I'm like Matthew, Mark, uh, John, 
And there's, there's, I think there's four, but, and then just fear overwhelmed me. Like they, they think I don't know the Bible, <laughs> you know? And so then I, I, I preach it and then I kind of, kind of derailed a little bit, got back on course, preached a life-giving message, man. Uh, 30 some people gave their life to Jesus on day one. 30, 34, 34 people, 34, 37, 37. I got to go back to, I got to go back to the connect. I got to go back to uh, growth track, you know? uh, So 37 people gave their life to Jesus. The next week I was literally like on purpose, like, you know, there's gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know? And so here's the very first scripture I opened up with, John 14. Jesus said to him, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And I preached this message, and literally it took three weeks on the way, uh, one week on the way, one week on the truth, one week on the life. And then we jumped into our uh, first growth track now, because it's called Connect, 50-some people, 51 people in our, in our, in our Connect. And, and God's just been doing miracles ever since. But I want to visit this scripture again today because how many know vision stays the same? I love the vision stays the same. Five years in, we're still committed to what God has instilled in this church. And I love this. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And John 14, I was almost going to do in the entire chapter today. And today's my birthday, so I'm going to be nostalgic. And I'm going to take my sweet time. Is that cool? And then you're going to be like, oh, that was a long sermon. And but tacos, you know, and then you're going to totally forget. Um, but I love this because, man, God's been doing such a work in our church. Uh, thank you, Abby, so much. Thank you for playing today. I read John 14. Thank you so much. Give it up for Abby and our worship team as well. <laughs> They're putting so much stuff. Stop it. And uh, I get a lot of notes on this TV. And so um, I got to tell you, I love that what God has been doing in our church. He's taken us through building people. Taking us through um, collection of talks, Miracle Mile, uh, collection of talks, uh, perhaps God, collection of talks of, of even sitcom learning relationships. Took us through uh, Psalms 126 uh, this year and just really began identifying what God is doing uh, to, uh, to contribute to the vision that God has for this house. And so we're in the middle of a collection of talks entitled Boundaries. Boundaries, that's why we still got the fences up here, all of that. And I personally can't get away from boundaries. I tried to. I was like, let's do a new series. Let's talk about five. You know, five. We survived five. You know, like, like, is there rhyming words for five? And this is what the number five means. But I love that Jesus here says, hey, listen, everybody. I'm about to go to the cross, be crucified, to be, def- uh, you know, to, to be gone for three days, to resurrect on the third day. But this is who I am. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. So even in John 14, Jesus is defining who he is and what he does. He's defining who he is. He said, guys, I'm the way. That's why we call our church Avenue, right? I'm the, I'm the way. I am the truth and I am the life. I am here on mission for a reason. I'm going to die on a cross. And so that I'm going to enable, I'm going to empower. I'm going to give all authority that's given, given to me to my disciples. And they're going to be, be able to start Acts chapter two, church. And so this is what I am to do. I am the way, I'm the truth and I'm the life. I'm going to die on a cross so that forever, for all eternity, my people can have eternal life. And so I love that even Jesus said, you know what? You know what boundaries are? Boundaries define who we are and they protect what is important. And this has been so crucial for our church and for our body of Christ and even YouTube's taken off all of that because a lot of times we don't realize it is okay to have boundaries. 
It is not selfish. It is not wrong. It's actually a more healthy thing to do to use. You know what? This is who I am, and I'm going to protect what is important. If your house isn't important, leave the front door open, and we'll see what becomes important. Right? Boundaries protect what is important. And so if you're taking notes today, the title of my fifth-year birthday is This Is Who We Are as a church. This is who we are as a church. Now, I'm going to go quick. Uh, We have vision and values at Avenue. Our vision guides us, but our values define us. Okay, so vision, what do we do? I can't tell you, I'm so grateful for our vision. Our vision is to know God, to find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. To know God, I want you to know God, not church. I want you to know Jesus Christ is your Savior right? But as we begin to know God, we do have close proximity to church. But then I want you to find freedom in the context of small groups. Can I tell you, uh, yesterday we had uh, our first men's breakfast at HQ. It was so fun, Joe. And Joe shared his story and his testimony. We, We ate bacon. Come on, somebody. Hash browns, pancakes. Justin, thank you so much for cooking it up. uh, Matt, we had a wonderful men's breakfast. Uh, We need our our HQ. We took HQ month to month because we need a bigger HQ. We need a bigger place to meet and gather for youth and men and women and all those things. But can I just tell you that, that I believe we're on a journey of having men find freedom, women find freedom, so we can discover a purpose so we can make a difference. And when the pandemic hit, our vision guided us. We didn't go, what do we do? We said, okay, we, we, people need to know God and find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. We're going to go online. We're going to do Facebook Live every day. We're going to hustle. We're going to put all, all the stuff in the grass. We're going to find this vision. It, it guided us. But here's our values as a church. If you join the A-team, go to Connect. You begin to learn our values is we love God. We love people. And we always joke around, right? If you don't love people, then you got to go back to loving God. Because God helps you to love people. I just don't like people. You know, Love God. You need to love God more. Because then God begins to do a work in your heart. So we love God. We love people. We pursue excellence in every single thing we do. Remember, excellence isn't, what you, it isn't like expensive. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's plenty of ways I can have excellence. All right? There's, you know, uh, but excellence is doing the best with what you got. Right? And that we choose joy. We choose joy. We choose joy as a church. And can I just tell you, choosing joy helps me to love people. Because joy is the fruit of the Spirit, and this is our values as a church. But I want you to know, here's our church boundary as a church. Five years in, uh, I want to clearly define this. And for many of us, we might be like, yeah, I know this. But if we love God and we love people, our boundary is we love God, then we love people. Okay? We love God, then we love people. Now, if you take this little excerpt right here, online audience, and you're like, Pastor Jeremy does not like people. He does not like people. Like, like, like he's getting a little grumpy in his fifth year, you know? But I want you to hold on here because we love God, but then we love people. And I want you to understand that loving God cannot be secondary and loving people primary. And that is where you begin to say, hey, this helps me to define my boundaries. Because if I love people first and God secondary, then guess what? I'm probably not going to have very good boundaries. Probably not going to have very good boundaries. I love that Jesus said, Matthew 22, Jesus said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend on all the law. I can fit the entire 10 commandments into love God, love people. First five, love God. Last five, love people. Love God, love people. We love God, then we love 
people. I'm telling you, if I don't love God, I don't love people very well. And so I want you to know our boundary is that we are a church that loves God, then we love people. Therefore, we love God's word. We love God's truth. God's word is truth. God and the truth will set you free, right? And the truth will set us free. We are not, we are not, you know, and I got to tell you, we, we have to love God and love people. Sometimes I know some people, don't wave your hands, keep your elbows to yourself. I know some people that only love God. All right, they're like Tom Cruise in that movie, like, you can't handle the truth. You know, he's like, calm down, dude. I want to go to your church. You're wild. I want someone who loves God and they love people. So we love God's word and we love people. But a lot of times, this is what I want to talk about today because this is our boundary, right? And I want to talk about what is my truth? What is my truth? And here's what's interesting is there's, there's, some, there's some good self-truth. Some good self-truth is maybe using your experiences to help others. We teach this and connect as well. A lot of times we go, I, I'm not good at anything. I don't, I don't have any, any, any gifts or anything like that. And we always say, yes, somebody's a 10 in some area. We're going to find out where your 10 is. Man, we're going to discover what, what, what God has created you for. God's created you for something. But also, your past experiences can be used to help others. This is what I love about our community, right? This is what I love about our community. I love that people come up to me and go, Pastor, you don't know anything about, you don't know. I, I may not know because I've never experienced that, but you know who, who, do, who does know is this person over here. And man, that, commun- that, that connection begins to bring healing, begins to bring hope. They'll say, you don't know what I'm talking about. They go, actually, I do. I may, I may be a greeter. I may be a singer. I may be serving on this team, but let me tell you about my story and your experience can really help somebody. But here's the problem sometimes though, that there's bad self-truth and, and, and stay here in the experience. A lot of times, sometimes we can take our experience and mostly our bad experience and we go somewhere else and we, we, we judge the others based upon our previous experience, right? So if I go, and this, I mean, how many know there's always, there's good and bad first impressions, right? So if I go to a restaurant, I sit at the restaurant, I go, this is terrible. There's terrible service. Food's okay, or my food was cold. Guess what? I don't go, I, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, we'll leave and probably go, I probably won't go back to that restaurant, but then we try another restaurant out because I like food and I like not cooking, right? But we don't leave that restaurant and go, you know what? I'm done with, I'm done with food. I'm, I'm done with food. Forget it. But for so many of us, we have to be careful because your experience then becomes your truth. And this is where I've seen some, some individuals or organizations or churches have hurt individuals and, 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 and for, good, for, for, for terrible reasons. I mean, we could sit down and I'll be like, oh my goodness, I know I'm a pastor, but let's go get them, you know? I got, but I want you to understand that we have to be careful based upon our experiences because there's bad self-truth as well. And that's using your experiences. And anytime you're triggered, it is not the person you're facing, it's the person you once encountered. But there's another bad self-truth, and this is what I want to talk about a little bit today, is how you interpret scriptures to your benefit. We're, we're five, right? We're five. We're five. Please come back next week, I promise. 
This goes for every single person, including the pastor. But sometimes we'll go, no, this is what it means, and we, we kind of handpick, right? Like, if I, don't, I don't like tomatoes, and so when, when it just comes to me, I pick the tomatoes out. Nope, that's gross. That's disgusting. I pick those tomatoes out. Sometimes we do that with God's Word. And that's why we, we, have, we have trusted mentors, commentators, theologians, people to help us to be in alignment with God's Word. That is why I believe firmly in, in, in being a good steward of being your pastor, preaching God's word, uh, spend probably too much time <laughs> studying all that and, uh, because I want to be, uh, man, I want to I have integrity. Um, but and I'm so glad if you walked in this building today, you don't know God's word. I'm so grateful for that because we get you first. We get you first, you know? And, but here's the problem is your truth, the danger of, of, of your truth is that your truth becomes your ultimate authority. This is my truth. This is my truth. Don't you understand? This is not, this is not, it is not their truth versus my truth, all right? And I want you to see this, Matthew 26, Jesus said this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, all right? We can go into the theological, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God was in the beginning was the Word, Word was God. But I want you to know that in Matthew chapter 12, so Jesus says authority, say authority. Then in Matthew chapter 12, right? Next one, right? And look to Jesus. This is Hebrews. I love this. Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And I knew to find the scripture because another translation, it says, look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now, this original word here, founder, I underlined it. If you break that down in the original meaning, this is what the word is. I'm just not one of those pastors. I barely, I, I, I have a hard time with English, okay? And so let alone Greek or Hebrew, archios, all right? And so that word founder means initiator, originator, founder, and author. So Jesus is the one who founded our faith. He's the author of our faith. And here's what's interesting, author comes from another word called authority. So if, if, if your truth is the ultimate authority in your life, then you become the author of your truth. And if you're the author of your truth, I promise you it's not gonna have very good boundaries. If you're the author of truth, and here's the problem. When we become the author in our lives, it often either leads to walls or lack of boundaries. Or lack of boundaries. And a lot of times our lack of boundaries can be disguised as freedom when really we're not free. God's word is the only thing that anchors us. You see this where Jesus, he tells a story and, and, and they're kind of, you know, trying to talk about, you know, oppositions and all that. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells the prodigal story of the prodigal son. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. That was his truth. And can I tell you what? He was correct, but that was like a half truth. He wanted it now, but the timing was wrong. The timing was wrong. So he cherry picked. Then he divided his property between his two sons. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had. He took a journey to a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living. In reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country. He began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out of one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And as he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and you had that in one of your messages last year, right? And the pigs ate, no one gave him anything. 
There's a danger when we don't allow God's truth to be our boundary in our life. And for many of us, we say, no, that's rules and restrictions and, man, and I could go so deep into all of this today, but I want to focus on the prodigal son for just a moment because he ran towards pleasure instead of purpose. And I want you to know a life without boundaries is really the opposite of living. It's really just the opposite of living. Because if boundaries protects what is perfect, then lack of boundaries means nothing sacred. That nothing's important. And that is why we are to have boundaries. And so I want to ask even today when it comes to maybe someone or something or culture or church, I want to ask today, when did God's truth become secondary and people became primary? Now, when I say people, this can be culture. This can be, uh, uh, man, being liked. This can be social media. This can be whatever it is. But a lot of times God's truth becomes secondary when boundaries get blurred. Two weeks ago in Pastor Lindsay's message, boundaries get blurred. And that's why Romans chapter 12 means it's so much more, has so much more meaning in our boundaries collection of talks because Romans chapter 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable and what is perfect. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, right? Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come so you may have life and life to the full. There's, there is a reason for boundaries, but I want you to understand me today. It is not me versus them. Understand that? It is not me versus them because we can, we can spend a long, we can probably do an entire series on them, right? Yeah, let's go talk about them. Let's gather on Sundays and talk about them. It's not about me versus them. It is not about my truth versus their truth. It is, it is really me versus God's word. It's me versus God's word. And for so many of us, we say, this is, this is who I am. And maybe God goes, no, it's not. That's what you think you are. But can I tell you who you really are? And so I want you to know, it's me versus God's truth daily, daily. I'm telling you, daily. I'm going, God, impact my heart. God, train me, teach me, strip me away. Because I want to know what's your truth for my life. I want to know what God's plan is for my life. Because if I don't, then others will tell me what to do. I love this Second Timothy chapter uh, 3. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And for training in righteousness. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For it is God's word, it is living and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, of discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. I love God's word because God literally kind of gets into my boundaries and he goes, hey, hey, I love you, but here's an area of your life that I want to work on. Man, here's a truth that isn't really my truth in, 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 in my life. I'm getting to a point here, I told Pastor Lindsay, I'm going to take our church on a journey today because boundaries define who we are. Boundaries are who we are. Boundaries are who we are. And I love this journey of faith that God has taken our church for a reason. Man, we don't just sit around and go, you know what would be fun to talk about? We pray 
And we say, God, what do you want your people to know? What do you want your people to hear? What do you want me to hear? And I love this. Boundaries are who we are. But if we have no boundaries or if we have no anchor, then we become chameleons. We'll just become whatever they say for me to be. Can I be honest? If I post a reel or a post or or a story, and if I get likes and comments, then that's probably what I should be. Or maybe if I go somewhere and I've received really good feedback and all these things, and it just helps me out. I understand that, but we have to know who we are before we make a difference. But we become chameleons. We become chameleons. I love Hebrews chapter six. For when God desired to show me more convincingly to the heirs of the promise of the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. And here's what I want you to see this. He guaranteed it with a promise. God, if you're sitting in this room today, God really does want to convince you. He's not going to twist your arm. He's not going to, God's a gentleman, the Holy Spirit. It's not going to just grab you and shake you in your seat and say, I'm real, what are you doing? But God wants to convince you and he guaranteed it with a promise or with an oath. The next slide says this. For so that by two unchangeable things in which is it impossible for God to lie. God's word is truth and he cannot lie. So his, his truth isn't a lie. But I, also, I want you to understand that, that what God has spoken, he cannot take it back. What he said cannot take it back. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I'm here to tell you, boundaries define who we are. And if you know who you are, then you know what to do. And here's what the Bible says. I'm going to go, I'm going to pull up a list of slides and you might have to get your phone out, take a picture. But I want you to know, if God cannot lie, then his word is truth. God cannot take back what he said in his word. And so this is who we are as a church. Next slide real quick. I'm a child of God. John chapter 1, verse 12. I have been justified. Justify means just as if I've never sinned and redeemed. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a new creature in Christ. I have been set free in Christ. I am blessed with every blessing. If you don't feel very blessed, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Put that on your bathroom mirror. Put that on your iPhone wallpaper, all right? Android, I don't know what you guys do, okay? I am chosen. I am holy. I am blameless. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. There's so much promises in God's word that God said it is for you to receive today as your truth. That my truth is God's truth. You know, I was, even in high school, just trying to figure out culture, um, trying to belong. At the same time, man, I was just, I was a stubborn individual. My mom would tell me, uh, you grew up stubborn. You were so stubborn. She'd say, don't touch that. I would look at her and touch it, you know? And I was such a stubborn kid. And my mom loved Jesus. And, and, and you know, most of you know my story. But she said, I knew if I could just take his stubbornness and steer him towards Jesus, he'll be a stubborn Christ follower. And I remember uh, my football coach, uh, I went to him and, and I told my coach, coach, and this was hard for me to do because I didn't want to lose play time. I didn't want to lose my football position. Uh, I didn't want to, uh, I wanted to do so much so that I could earn my coach's trust and earn that position on the football team. But I was a Christ follower, like, like. I went to church on Wednesdays. That was my youth night, youth group night. My family went to church. I went to church 
on Wednesdays, all right? This is like old school. I am totally 38 years old, okay? And I went up to my coach and I was kind of like, hey, coach, um, I, I want to go. Can I, 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 he's like, spit it out. You know, I have church. I have church tonight. Can I go to church? I need to leave, at, uh, you know, at four or five or whatever it was at that time. And he was like, okay, all right. And so I was like, well, thank you, coach. And so I went to practice and, and all of a sudden in practice, the coach says, come on, get ready, get, get together, take a knee. And so I took a knee and, and I'm trying to find a clock and like, what time is it? I think I have to go and I'm watching him. And then I was like, what do I say? Do I just be like, yo, what's up? I got to go, go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, it was just weird with all my peers. And also my coach was like, good practice, you guys. And all right, we're about to go run this drill. And my coach says, Bosma, Bosma, where you at? Bosma. And I was like, yeah, coach. And he goes, don't you got to go? Don't you, don't you have to leave? You're going to church, right? And I was all, it's a little quieter, coach. You know what I mean? Like, and I love what my coach said. Coach goes, okay, Bosma, you can go. Right? So I get up, and then this is what my coach says. And, and not, he's not a believer, not Christ's father. He goes, and if anyone else that doesn't want to go to hell can go with him. And I went, and no one came. So I pray for my brothers. And I love that because even then, I was a baby Christian. I didn't know God's word like that. Didn't know God's word like that. I wasn't a theologian. Still feel like I'm not some days. But I still know who I was. So then I knew what to do. But if you don't know who you are, then you don't know what to do. Daniel chapter 3 says this. This is a story of you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he erects a, a very large golden image. And he said, uh, you know, everyone must bow down when you hear the horns and the harps and the lie, uh, lyre. And when you hear the noise and the music, I want everyone to bow down and worship my golden image, my golden idol. Many of us here today, we said, well, good, thank goodness we don't have idols. Well, idols, anything you love more than God. So your idol still could be golden, right? It could be anything you love more than God. And so he, he, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they did not bow before this, this, this image. And I love this. He said, he answered, said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you did not serve my gods or worship the golden image I've set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lion, uh, the trigon, the harp, I don't, I'm, I don't even know how to say that word. See, I don't know what y'all doing here. The bank pipe, they have bank pipes, you know, uh, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the image that I have made. Next slide. But if you do not worship, you'll be immediately cast into a fiery furnace. And, 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 and who is the God that'll deliver you out of my hands? And this is what I want you to catch as we begin to develop boundaries as a church, as we go into our workplace and our home and our marriages and our dating relationship. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, Oh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand. But, and he says this, but, if not, let it be known to you that we will not serve your gods. We will not worship the golden image that you have set up because that is not who we are. This is who we are. This is what we do as Christ's followers. And I love this because he ordered them to be cast into the fire of furnace. But I love that they said they, they didn't fight. 
They didn't yell at him. They didn't say, what's wrong with you? They didn't have an uprising. With love, they said, we love God, and then I love you. I love God, but then I love you. I'm not better than you. I just love Jesus. I want you to know, we could still take a stand. We could still take a stand, and we could still love people. We could still take a stand, and we could still love people. And I think a lot of times, this is kind of a friction for many of us. For a lot of times, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna um, call up somebody. Lorenzo, you back? You you available? Anyone available? Lorenzo, right? Anyone? 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 Anyone available? He's coming. He's coming. All right, stand right here, real quick, uh, Lorenzo. All right, give it up for Lorenzo. <laughs> Lorenzo, that is a nice hat. How much was it? Twenty dollars. Twenty twenty bucks. Twenty dollars. I know. What's wrong with this guy? I want you to see this boundaries right here. I love that Shavak, Meshach, and Abednego didn't go, like, back off. This is who I am. I love that they said, this is my boundary. I won't worship your God. I won't go into your truth. This is God's truth. I'm not better than you, but this is who I, I want to be. This is who I am. But for so many of us, we go, well... I guess I, I, I want to love you and, and, and I want you to like me and, and I, I want to be your neighbor. But the problem is we infringe upon our boundary. And when we infringe upon our boundary, some of us, we go right back, right? We go right back here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. And then Saturday night. <laughs> And then Sunday, Sunday, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God is good all the time. Put a song of praise. Here's what I want you to see. This, and, and this is not Pastor Jeremy going, ooh, you calling me out. Yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out because I love you. Because I love you. A true parent doesn't go, what are you doing, son? Can I tell you, a, a, a son that doesn't have boundaries probably hasn't encountered love in his life. I love my son, therefore he has boundaries. I love you so much, you get over here, you can stay right there, you get over here because, man, I want, I want God's best for your life. And if I don't believe God's best for my life, I'm not going to believe God's best for his life. Man, we have got to be a church that says, this is our boundary, and I love you, and I want you to come not to my truth, but to God's truth. To God's truth. And here's what I want you to see. I want you to get a little closer, all right? I love that we have a fence, all right? Thank you for one of our partners for letting us borrow this. We're going to return it. Probably have to get some dents out of it and stuff like that and say, thank you. You know, I, uh, portable, yeah. Um, I love that this is a fence. We talked about, a lot of times our boundaries can be walls. A lot of times our boundaries can be um, protection because I don't want to get hurt again. But I love that this fence is at this height because there is a whole culture and a whole generation that they don't know this truth. They don't know God's truth. So they have their truth. They have their interpretation of scripture. They have their interpretation of all the things in the Bible. And a lot of times we kind of go, some churches kind of go, no, 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 no. 
And some churches go, well, sure, yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, but you know what we do here at Avenue Church? We go, I love God, then I love you, but this is who I am. This is who we are. And I'm not going to go, you are on the wrong side. I'm going to go, hey, this is your truth. And I believe you should come over here. And I really want this for your life. But I want you to see this. Whatever they believe, whatever their theology is, I love God. Then I love people. And I want to paint this picture today that whatever your belief is, man, it could be distorted. It could be false. It could be whatever. But I really want our church to see this as we progress as a church, as we move forward, not progress, as we move forward into five, uh, six years, seven years, eight years. I want us to be able to say, hey, I love you and, and, and I disagree with you. You know it's okay to disagree with people? Yeah. Yep. But for me to say, I disagree with you, but I still love you. And this one I want you to see. This is what we're going to do. This one I want you to see. We, who said, oh, what was that? <laughs> you? This one I want you to see. I want you to see, I love God, then I love people. I love God, then I love people. Because this here could change his life. Could change his life. He's not going to change my life because Jesus changed my life. Jesus is my anchor. But for some of us, we might not be able to do this at this moment because we don't have the boundary. We don't know what our boundaries are. Give it up for Lorenzo. Come on. Hold on here. There we go. And I want you to know that perhaps. We have confused loving people as changing the truth to fit their perspective. And that never works for them or for us. That never works for them or for us. ADD's kicking in better now. Because I love this. King Nebuchadnezzar threw Shavak, Meshach, and Abednego. Three dudes with pagan names. That sounds pretty cool, right? And they threw them into the furnace. And they said, King, and King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men in? We threw three guys in there, right? Like, did someone fall in? You know, we, we threw three guys in. They answered, and they said to the king, true. I love that. This the pastor in me, kind of the cliche, like, truth. True, O king. But I did see a fourth man. Uh, I see, but I see four men abound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. And theologians said, that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus in there with them. That's Jesus in there with them. But here's what I want you to see. King Nebuchadnezzar answered, blessed be their God. Blessed be the truth. Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, delivered his servants, who trusted in him, servants who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command to yield up their bodies rather than serve and worship any God except their own. And King Nebuchadnezzar gave his life to God. Gave his life to God. Can I tell you right here, their boundary revealed Jesus. And dare I say in the most loving way, our city, our culture, this generation, they're not looking for people going, what was you? They're, they're looking for people to say, this is who we are. This is healthy. This is whole. Man, you are a child of God. You are holy. You are set apart. But their boundary revealed 
Jesus. Can I just say this as a church? I kind of didn't really want to put this because it's it's cliche-ish, but man, I love that. When we stand for God, he shows up for us. When we stand for God, he shows up for us. If we may make a stand, he shows up for us. So here's my last point is just simply God's truth. Not their truth, not my truth, but God's truth. God's truth. I want to be sensitive in this because God's truth, man, it's, 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 it's living. It's active. It's, it's, it's sharpened any double-edged sword. I got to go. I got to hurry up, all right? And this is what Galatians, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. Galatians chapter 6. Our birthday. It's our birthday. Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, he will reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, over here, if they sow in your own flesh, you will reap corruption. But one who sows in the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Can I know, I want you to know this today, that sowing and reaping is one of God's major boundaries. Ecclesiastes, three things never time, not three things never change, seed time and harvest. And whatever you sow, you will reap. But a lot of times we infringe on God's boundary when we sin. I said it, all right? I'm sorry, right? When we sin and we ask him to bless it. When we ask him to bless it. Now there's a reason for this today. This is not repent. Right, I love what somebody at the uh, men's breakfast told me yesterday, uh, Jeff, right? Uh, repent means just, you just, you just changing your mind. If you're thinking this way, God doesn't work in our heart. I'm repenting and, uh, and I'm changing my mind. But sowing and reaping is a boundary. I believe maybe there hasn't been someone that has loved us enough to say, what are you sowing? Man, what are you sowing? What are you sowing? What are you sowing? Because what you sow, you will reap. I'm also glad that in our world, that there's people in this city, they've been sowing prayers of revival. They've been sowing prayers of healing. They've been sowing some, some, some major, major seeds for the city. But, but sowing and reaping is a boundary. It's God's major boundary. And Psalms 126 has been kind of our, it's, it's, it's been our, 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 our scripture for this year. And I love this because it says, those who sow their tears as seeds, they will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. They may weep as they go out carrying their seed to sow, but they will return with joyful laughter, with shouting of gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. Armloads of blessing and harvest overflowing. Can I tell you that the Bible says, and we just put it up here, go back to this, uh, Galatians chapter 6, God is not mocked. Whatever sows, we also reap. But can I tell you, I love that in the very next verse, this is verse 7 and 8, the very next verse it says, and let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap. God is a God who cannot lie. God's a God who said, I put it in my word. God's a God who said, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Can I just share with you in, 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 in Psalms 126, armloads of blessings have been kind of 
bothering me as a pastor because I think of armloads when, when man, it's been, it's been five years and, and all of a sudden I, I, I gather my, and this microphone's nice, it didn't even feedback, come on somebody, and, and, I, and I get armloads of blessing and all of a sudden I go, whoo, wow, incredible, armloads of blessing. Man, look what God has done in five years. Man, look what God has done in my life, 20 years of ministry. Man, look what God has done in just, man, I've been a Christ follower for 30-some years, man. I mean, look what the arm loads of blessing. Man, this year in year five, man, I, I want to I wanna be able to extend our reach in our city. In year five, I mean, I want to say, God, is there a permanent place that we can call home? And in year five, I want to say, can we start this and that? And in year five, man, can we make an impact on our city inside these walls and outside those walls? In year five, I'm going, arm loads of blessing and we all shout hallelujah, right? But can I tell you, one armload is not very impactful. Just one armload. Just one armload. And there, I mean, there's people in this room, you could probably carry a little bit more than me, but I doubt it. I, I work out on Sundays. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. Over there, massive man. Yeah, he could carry two. His arm loads may be a little bit bigger than my arm loads. But you know what's even better than that? Is our arm loads. Our arm loads. That Pastor Lizzie and I were even like, how can we get like 100 of these, you know, and call everyone up on the stage and we're all carrying arm loads just so we could see that image in our minds. But you know what I am here to, to, to really believe today? I'm really here to believe that, man, in five years, man, maybe some of us, we grew weary. Man, for, for, for some of us, maybe we got derailed. For some of us, maybe we got back on track. For some of us, maybe we say, man, I, I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. But my God is a God who cannot lie. My God is a God who said, on, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What if, and what if we take God to his word and say, God, in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Can I just make a decoration today? Because I'm learning to receive as a pastor. I'm ready to pick up God's word and say, God, this is what it says. This is the year. This is the time. And I'm here to prophesy that this is a year we will reap armloads of blessing. Arm loads a blessing. Arm loads a blessing. Arm loads a blessing. Arm loads a blessing. And Jesus said, Guys, look, listen, look up, look up. The fields are ripe for harvest. It's ripe. Nowhere else in God's word does God give us a, a specific time, except for when it comes to harvest. And Jesus said, Look, everybody, look. The fields are ripe for harvest. He wasn't just pointing at something figuratively. He was pointing at the crowds that came that were broken, that were hurt, that needed healing, that were hurt inside and outside. And Jesus said, look, 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 the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Can I just tell you, I'm not going to do one armload of blessing this year. And we can only do so much going down and going back up and going down and going back. Well, I want, 
I want to share this. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful right here. Yeah, I probably mixed these up, right? The harvest is ready, but God just needs ready people. God needs ready people. And when you begin to develop those boundaries, I want you to understand those boundaries in your life, they protect what's most important. And your Christianity and your relationship with Jesus is one of the most important things. Because I love God, but then I love people. And if I love God, what's God going to say to me? God's going to say next slide. Jesus is going to say the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send out laborers into his harvest. Into his harvest. Into his harvest. I'm excited that in year five, and I want to say thank you, first of all. Thank you. But I'm excited that in year five, in year five, in year five of our church, we're going to see the harvest. That this is harvest year. 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 Because there's amazing individuals in this room. And I know that I know the enemy is, he's poking at you right now. He's trying to condemn you. He's trying to say, who do you think you are? And God is saying, I know who you are. I know who you are. That you're a laborer. You're a partner. Man, you're someone who's going to make a difference. You're someone who's going to make an impact in this city. Man, you're someone that, you're, you're not going to be distracted. You're not going to be busy. But you're going to be making an eternal impact in the city of Las Vegas. And so, church, I'm going to ask you today, will you stand with me, please? And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't quite sure know how to land this message today. I said, God, I want you to build your church. But there's something that happens when a body of believers get together and say, hey, I'm not perfect. Right? I made a lot of mistakes. But I'm ready. God's looking for ready people. And the harvest is now. The harvest is now. And I want to move. And some of you are like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just want to grow the church. No, I want to grow people. Yeah, I want to grow people. Yeah. And as we begin to grow people, God grows us. God grows us. God grows us. So yes, we have Connect One Day and all those different things coming up. And, and sure, yes, I want you to serve. Yes, I want you to get involved at Avenue. Yes, man, there's lots of things we need to do here. Yes, we need to do another service. Yes, we need a permanent building. Yes, we need to uh, make an impact in our city with all the different feed one, convoy of hope, uh, you know, all the different things that we do in our city. Yes, yes, yes. But right now, today, God wants to use you. I love that Jesus looked at Peter and he said, Peter, upon this rock. And Peter's like, me? And Jesus like, upon this rock. And Peter's nickname was Rock, but Jesus was using a nickname to say, I'm the cornerstone, but I choose to use you because I'm going to build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so will you just take a moment today? We bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to pray with you for just a second. But I want us to sing that chorus of that song. And I want us to, in order to see harvest, we got to change our perspective. We got to change our focus. And I know the Holy Spirit's been speaking and guiding and leading during this message. I want you to just take literally just a chorus, just a chorus of this, of this song, Build Your Church. And I pray perspectives begin to change. I pray Jesus begins to speak to you today. I pray the Holy Spirit 
will begin to help you clearly define who you are, why you're on this planet, what God's going to use you for, what's God going to do inside of you. May he give you, man, just clarity. May you walk out of here with vision and values for your life. May something change. May something click. May you say, man, Sundays are sacred. May you say, man, Bible reading and prayer is sacred. Man, I'm going to create some boundaries in my life. But I'm ready to make a difference in my workplace, in my family. I'm ready to build your church. The Father, today I want to say, forgive us if we've lost our focus. Forgive us if we've been distracted. Father, forgive us. Man, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to distract. But Jesus has come to me have life and life to the fullest. And so, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Come on, raise your hands. I encourage you, just worship me for just a moment. I want to show you one more scripture. If God is a God who cannot lie, then this is what it says in his word. That, man, if you confess with your mouth and say, be Lord of my life. God, I don't have boundaries. I don't know what's going on. I just didn't know today. I believe many in this room say, I didn't know. I didn't know. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. And you know what that is for me? That's my arm of blessing. That's my arm of blessing. And when you say, I give my life to Jesus, because you're not just one person, you represent generations. You represent generations. You represent families and friends and all those that are connected to you. And so let every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today and you're saying, uh, uh, Pastor, I'm ready. 
to have Jesus to be Lord of my life. I'm ready to develop some boundaries in my life. I'm ready to begin to go on a journey of knowing who I am in Christ Jesus so I know what to do, so I can make a difference. I am tired. I'm so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm so tired of, of not having vision or purpose for my life. And if that's you today, will you just raise a hand and just put it right back down? I'm not going to embarrass you. Yeah. Anyone else? Just put it up. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Up, right back down. Yes, yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just up. Yep, I see you. Up. I see you. Yep. Anyone else? Up, right back down. Come on. That's amazing. Trish, can you have a hand clap for those? All right. Tacos are ready. Cupcakes are ready. But before we do that, let's all pray a prayer. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I confess with my mouth, be Lord of my life. I repent of my sins. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God.